Morning all. Well, it's lovely that the uh, children can be within us, with us this morning as well. Um, so we'll just let Chris and team set up PowerPoints and things like that. It is working. Woo! Um, um, lovely to see you. How's half term been? Good. Any, any highlights? What have we been up to in half term? We've done anything? Yazzie, where you been? On holiday. On holiday. How good is that? How about you, Joe? What have you been doing? Harvester last night. How many salad bowls did you have? Just one salad bowl. Come on, Joe. What about you, Ams? I've been walking. She's been walking a lot. We've done a lot of walking in half term. What about you, Miriam? What have you been up to? All these holidays. How about you, lot, eh? What about you, Lyria? You've seen lots of families? Sylvanian families. I used to love playing with my sister's Sylvanian families. Don't tell anybody that, but I used to love it. Yes, Lily. I, I went to my, my grandma and granddad's house. Wow, and you went on a boat, I think. I saw you on a boat. And now they're coming over to our house this afternoon. Amazing, amazing. So it sounds like you've had amazing half-terms <laughs> and you're all feeling relaxed and refreshed and already raring to go. Right, just out of interest, who's watched a Christmas movie already this year yet? Anybody watch a Christmas movie yet? No. What, Bill, where, where would you... What, what are you watching, Ads? We'll come back to you. Anyway, one of my favourite Christmas movies, some, there's some horror there. We wouldn't start Christmas movies till December in our household. That's really the rule. But one of my favourite Christmas movies is The Nativity. Who's seen that movie? It's a, it's a great movie. And for those of you who've not seen it, it's about this um, school teacher and his very helpful teaching assistant, Mr Poppy. We just love Mr Poppy. And um, they're put on a nativity play, and it all just gets a bit crazy. It all get, keeps on growing arms and legs and becomes this amazing nativity play. And in that play, obviously, they, the children need to do auditions. And they all want to be Mary and Joseph. So everybody wants to be the starring role. Everybody wants to be Mary and Joseph, don't they? So they all come along with their various talents and their um, skills to audition for this play. So we're just going to play a little clip of that, if you don't mind, Chris. Please, can I go to Hollywood? Please, please, please. Hollywood. 
Hollywood Bob are going to love it. Can we take five for a moment, please? I've got to, excuse me. That's one of my favourite films. Um, it is a classic. And some of those skills are quite impressive, aren't they? Just the, the way that kid can blow up his face and make it look like a tomato. I've got to learn that. And some of that break dancing was good, wasn't it? Just, um, so uh, next wedding, I'm going to try some of those skills, I think. But that was all just a bit of fun, really. Um, but it leads me on to my next point. Is, um, I don't know if you've seen the programme Britain's Got Talent, where people all over the UK come with their various talents and perform before judges and uh, work out whether or not they've got the talent to take them to the top. And the judges decide whether or not they go through to the next round. And, um, and then ultimately, the UK will then vote and decide whether or not they've got the coolest talent. And uh, a few years ago, there was a lady called Susan Boyle that some of you may have heard of and some of you may not. And uh, she came onto the stage. There she is, Susan Boyle. And uh, when the judges came on, she, she said, I want to be a pop star. I want to, I want to sing on big stages and perform. And the judge's reaction was, I, I can't really see it. You just don't look like a pop star. I don't really see, you're not going to make it. But let's see what, how they reacted uh, when she actually did begin to sing. How old are you, Susan? I am 47. And that's just one side of me. <laughs> okay. I dreamed a dream in time gone by. Without a doubt, that was the biggest surprise I have had in three years on this show. When you stood there with that cheeky grin and said, I, I want to be like Elaine Page, everyone was laughing at you. No one is laughing now. That was stunning. An incredible performance. Okay, moment of truth. Piers, yes or no? The biggest yes I have ever given anyone. 
Amanda? Yes, definitely. Susan Boyle, you can go back to the village with your head held high. It's three S's. Brilliant. Thanks, Chris. Um, so you're asking why am I showing Britain's Got Talent uh, here this morning? And uh, for me, it was brilliant, wasn't it? She, she stood on that stage and no one thought she could be a pop star because everybody was looking at her outward appearance. Everybody was looking at a 47-year-old unemployed woman and expecting her not to be able to sing. But actually, when she sang, they were amazed and she got unanimous votes from those judges and she went through to the next round. And actually, she went on to become this uh, um, big-selling artist. I think about 20 million albums Susan Boyle has sold. So it's quite incredible, isn't it? So what's that got to do with what I'm talking about this morning? Well, God reminds us, doesn't he, that it's not outward appearances that matter. It's actually it's about our heart that matters. And that's what's important to God. So we're going to look, uh, act out a story this morning. So I'm going to need some help. Guy and Zach, I might need you as well. A bit. Hey, Jen, feel free, get involved, Jen, get involved. Um, so I'm going to need a Samuel. Jovi, I think you're going to be my Samuel, aren't you? Come and stand here. And um, can I have a Jesse? Somebody want to be a Jesse? Come on then, Yaz. Okay, brilliant. Right, this is Samuel. Right, you just stand over there a moment, Jesse. Okay, right, Samuel, you're a prophet. And a prophet, basically, in the Old Testament, they listened to God and then they went and told God's people what God was saying. So uh, where we are at the moment, we've got a king on the throne, King Saul. He's king of Israel and he's got a bit proud and he's not doing a great job now. He's not listening to God and he's not following God's ways. So God says to Samuel, I'm going to find a new king. Go off to Bethlehem. Do you want to go for, off to Bethlehem? Brilliant. And come back round. That's why, yeah. Whilst we're there, we, we, you're going to come to Jesse's house. You all right, Jesse? Yeah. Good lass. Good lad, even. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and and you've, got, you've got seven sons. Guy, can I borrow you? Zach, can I borrow you? Joel, can I borrow you? Go on, come on. <laughs> right. Can, brilliant. Come, come and knock on Jesse's door. Knock, knock, knock. Hiya, Jesse. Jesse, God's told me to come and see you because one of your sons is going to be king. Can you show me your sons? Right, go and get your sons in, age, in high order. Can you arrange them in high order? It's not a lot of room down here. Ooh, oh, Joel, who's, who's tall? Oh, oh, oh. Okay, we've got to imagine there's a, there's a few more sons, okay? But at the moment we're doing this. Right, and in the olden days, in, in the Old Testament times we're talking about, hold on, Jesse, we're going to use you in a minute. Um, it wasn't really about how much money you had or how clever you were to be king. It was more about how you looked. Did you look like a king? And were you tall? Were you strong? Were you good looking like me? Yeah. That's, what, that's how you became king. And so Samuel was expecting to, uh, to find a king that was tall, strong and good looking. And so Jesse went to find the tallest, strongest uh, son, and he brought him to Samuel. Uh, that's Guy, by the way. <laughs> guy, can you do a bit of this? And... <laughs> look, look like a king. Now, Sa Samuel said, I think this is the king. I think this is the king. He looks like a king. He looks like a king. But when, when God spoke to him, he said, that's not my king. That's not my king. It's all about his heart. He may look like a king, but he's not my king. So everybody gave him a thumbs down. You're not through to the next round, Guy. Off you go. Sorry, Guy. 
Then he got the next son. Can you get the next son? Does he look like a king? He looks a bit like a king. But God said, he's not my king. I can see his heart. Off you go, down. Sorry, Joel. Whoa. Okay, Zach. Is Zach going to be the king? What do we think? Zach, come before him. And God said again, he's not my king. I can see his heart. Sorry, Zach. Boo. So, Jesse, come stand over here. Have you, have you got any more sons? Have you got any more sons? Yes. Yes. But he's tiny, tiny son. He's really small. He doesn't look like a king. Can David come out, please? Can David come out, please? Here's David. David is tiny. He's my, he's my youngest son. He's my youngest son. Really small. Really small. He doesn't like look like really a king. <laughs> okay. But God said, I can see his heart. He follows after me. He follows after me. Anoint him as king. Anoint him as king. So he poured oil on his head. And that was David. And David was anointed as king because God could see his heart. Well done. Thank you, guys. You take a seat. Well done. Great acting there, guys. Thank you ever so much. And what really we're learning from that story, what we're learning from that um, story in the Old Testament is that God doesn't care what we look like on the outside. He doesn't care what our, how we appear or what we look like. Samuel was expecting to go and anoint the most beautiful, tallest, strongest king. But actually, that's not what God was expecting. God sent Samuel to Jesse's home to find the king and to find the king that had a heart after him. And so he anointed David to be king. It said in Samuel 1.16.7, the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. The Lord sees not as a man sees, man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Samuel was expecting to find this great king, but actually God took him to David who had a heart after him. And that was the, the um, and so we, we didn't get the king that Samuel was expecting. Now that kind of reminds me of if we jump forward a few hundred years to the time that Jesus was born. And I love the Old Testament stories because so many of the Old Testament stories point to Jesus. They're given an illustration of Jesus to come. And actually, um, this, this Old Testament story of David, he wasn't the expected king that Samuel was looking for. But the same way, the Israelites, at the time that Jesus was born, the Israelites were governed by the Romans. We didn't like the Romans. Boo! Because they, they kind of, um, they didn't make life very easy for the Israelites. And they wanted, and they were longing and hoping for a new king to come, a warrior king that would come and lead them into battle against the Romans so they could throw off their oppressors. And, and they, they were expecting this warrior king. But actually, what did Jesus, what did God send? He sent Jesus, a servant king. Actually, a completely different king to what the Israelites were expecting. And what Jesus was to do, he came to reveal God the Father. He came to show us God the Father's heart. And actually, the, the, the Israelites were expecting this white, mighty warrior king, but actually Jesus came as a servant king. He came to serve. 
And what he revealed, he revealed the father's heart. And what, the, what was important to the father, God the father, was the fact that widows and orphans were cared for. We looked at this morning, didn't we, with care for home. That's important to God, care for good. He was, he, he was passionate about the hungry being fed. He was passionate about the sick being healed. He was passionate about the loved, the unloved being loved. He was passionate about grace and mercy. It wasn't about religion, it was about grace and mercy. He was passionate about people discovering God the Father. That's what Jesus was um, concerned about. And that was on his heart. So, what can we learn from these stories? Firstly, as we've seen all the way through, what's important is the fact that it's the heart that matters. It's the heart that's important to God. It doesn't matter what we look like or what we wear or what we dress or how big or strong we are. The important thing is, it's about the state of our hearts. And so let me give you a little challenge this week. As you're getting up and you're getting ready for school and you're doing your teeth, brushing your hair, let me get you to ask this question. Am I more concerned about what I look like today and what, I, what I'm wearing, how I look, or about how my heart is today? And it, does my heart align with God's heart today? But also, let me ask you this question, challenge as well. When you look at other people, are you more concerned about what they look like or about who they are? And do you love them as God loves them? Because God loves them unconditionally, regardless of how they look. So a couple of little challenges for you there. But also, it would be to, let's align our hearts with God's heart. It was amazing, as we saw Jesus come down, he revealed God the Father and revealed God the Father's heart. And so often, our hearts, we long for things, don't we? There's things we hope for that we want to do in this life. There's things that we want and what have you. But actually, God wants us to align our hearts with his. He chose David because David was a man after his own heart. And so God wants us to align our hearts with his. So are we longing for God's kingdom to come? Do we dream about seeing God really move in this nation, in this city of ours? Do our hearts align with his? And then lastly, there's a really cracking verse in... um, Proverbs, which says this, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Or another translation says, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. And what, what's in our heart comes out, and, that, and that's who we are. Our heart defines who we are. And actually, we have to really, in a physical way, we have to look after our heart, don't we? We have to eat well, exercise well to make sure our heart's strong and healthy. In the same way, we've got to look after our spiritual hearts and make sure that what we're putting into our heart is good. That the things of God that we're thinking about are things that God loves. And also, so that comes out of us, because what's in our heart comes out. The wellsprings of life come from our heart. But also, real encouragement is to guard your heart. Sometimes, because it's so precious to God, our hearts are so precious to God, the devil likes to attack them and actually likes to use our hearts to... um, to attack us and therefore we've got to guard it we don't let bitterness grow up out of your heart don't let pain and hurt take hold in your heart uh, do things about it speak to people allow god to minister to your heart and make it healthy and strong so that we can do good things for him okay so just to recap kids you've been brilliant listening this morning so thank you so first point what's what's important to god is our hearts it doesn't matter what we look like or what we wear or how we look our hearts are the most important thing to god Secondly, let's align our hearts with God's heart. Let's go after the things and long after the things that are important to him. And thirdly, 
Let's guard our hearts. Let's make sure that they're, they're strong and healthy and we're putting good things into our hearts and we're caring for it and looking after it and not allowing bitterness and, and pain to, to take hold and to take root. So let's pray and then we'll finish up. So Father, we just want to say thank you that you love us unconditionally. Thank you that you love our hearts and you care about the, all the details, everything that's going on in, in our insides. You care about it and you love it. And so, Father, we just want to pray, just come and fill our hearts afresh with you. May we fall freshly in love with you again this morning. May we discover your heart, Father, and run after it. And, uh, Lord, may we bring your heart to this city of Worcester. May we bring your love to this city of Worcester. And, Father, help us to have strong and healthy hearts that are uh, guarded and looked after, Lord, that we don't let things take hold of our hearts that are not of you, Father, I pray. Help us to guard our hearts. And just bless us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody.